Welcome to episode 111 of Material, the show that's all about Google and its oppressive thumb upon us and all other known realities. I'm Andy Notko. And I'm Russell Ivanovich. And I'm Florence Zion. Andy, that was beautiful, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm, I'm in a beautiful mood. <laughs> And joining us this week is Kelly Gamont. Kelly, thank you for coming back again. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here on the 111st episode. So <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's 111st. That's it's a good 11-1. one. I'm going to have to steal that one, but I will cite you, I promise. It's Tolkien, because uh, <laughs> oh. um, his 111th birthday was 111st. Ah, so. I'm sorry I didn't yeah. know that. That's okay. It's also kind of cool to have an sh- episode number that is binary. So this is sh- technically show seven. So if this, if this were Gilbert and <laughs> Sullivan, where we were contracted to do like 111 <laughs> episodes, we say, oh, although by counting the normal way, you've done show number 111. If we go by binary, you've only done five and two over, ba, 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 ba. a paradox, a paradox, a most ingenious. <laughs> no. But why, why? Why am I wasting time? Since everybody knows we got like the biggest, one of the biggest Google-related stories, uh, and I'll be the first one to jump in. It's all of these really good sales on budget Android yes. phones. Yes, that's it, what everybody cares about. That's where it's at. Doesn't it surprise you? You, you think you know a platform? And they think that they're uh, yeah. Well, we'll get to the other story a bit later. But yeah, I feel like this one because uh, <laughs> this this does seem to be like cheap Google Phone Week. Maybe it because is, everybody yeah. knows that like uh, everybody knows that there's the, going to be an iPhone coming out soon. There's going to be a, a new Pixel coming out soon. So uh, Google is discounting really good discount on the version one of the Pixels uh, and the Pixel uh, Plus, uh, two hundred bucks off. Uh, and you will also get a free Daydream uh, headset, which will also keep your forehead warm in the upcoming chilly, uh, chilly northeast winters. Uh, I'm really tempted by that. I have to, I have to admit, because I don't, I don't own one. I don't have one in the, in the library. And that is, I, given that now we're seeing a lot of really good rumors about the Pixel version two, that indicates that perhaps it will not have like self-flight drone camera capabilities. That it will be, in fact, a pretty normal phone that's been improved as opposed to revolutionized. I'm like, I could use a Pixel plus what would be the equivalent of three or four hundred dollars extra in my pocket. I, I like money. I, I use money for things. <laughs> I'm probably not going to get the next Pixel, Andy. I'm probably going to stick with this one. I really like it, and it's been a year on. But uh, Android O has kind of kicked its battery life to the curb. I will say that for sure. <laughs> I. I have not been getting good battery life with this thing. In fact, I'm charging it right now as we are recording this podcast because uh, <laughs> as of six out six seven hours off the charger, it was at twenty nine percent. Oh god, which made me very sad. I don't know about you, Flo, but with the Android, I better. I'm getting amazing standby battery life, so I can leave it on all night, and I get up, and it's at exactly the same percentage. But Wait, ha- is this because you're down under and everything in da- down there is at- opposite from yeah. up here? Because I think that's what's happening right now. The signals go the other way. Also, when you crack open an egg, the outside is yellow with a tiny globule of clear blue inside. <laughs> it's all topsy-turvy! <laughs> yeah, that, that's weird. I've got, I've, got, I've got my Nexus 6P and what I... The the what happens to the phone when Andy is sick upstairs mode where he 
comes home from the last thing he he did. He simply empties his pockets, gets into bed, and doesn't leave it for like two and a half days. And oh damn it, I forgot. I'm gonna have to recharge this because I'm going out the going out the house. Oh no, wait, it's been sitting there doing nothing for two and a half three days, and I'm still at pretty much eighty three percent battery when it was basically where it was when I left it. So I'm not too worried about that. Well, if I want to walk into a store and buy a Pixel, like like say an entry level Pixel, like it's not gonna be my daily driver necessarily like what's that realistically going to set me back about 500 and something i think at the uh, 50 it's uh let's see uh of course of course i didn't actually write down the prices i simply said 200 dollars off uh but I, but i know but i can remember from my pricing these things out it comes out to the 32 gigabyte like the least expensive note uh, the least expensive in least expensive pixel plus it would be about 569 dollars the least expensive 32 gigabyte storage uh, regular pixel would be 500 and i think 29 i remember because it's so it's close enough that i'd spend 40 dollars for little x for, for for bigger screen i would st- Still be super tempted to spend the extra hundred dollars to have 128 gigabytes of storage instead of 32. Thank you, you absolute horrible bastards at Google, thinking we'll give you almost enough to get by or twice as much as you need. We're not going to give you the, the, the sweet spot, the the 64 gigs. <laughs> I, I have a lightning quick uh, Pixel story. I had to. I switched back to my Pixel from the Galaxy S8 just for two weeks of testing. So testing out Android O, making sure our app works mm-hmm. with it. You know, just getting to know the system and that sort of thing. And then two days ago, it was the two weeks was over. It was time to go back to the Galaxy S8. So I powered the Galaxy S8 back up. You know, it's, it's installing like 600 updates as phones do when they've been turned off for like two weeks or Fix whatever. Me. Yeah, <laughs> all the big speed <laughs> updates. There, there was a Samsung update as well. And then it came to the point where I had the SIM ejector tool. I'm like, it's time to go back to the S8. And I kid you not. I was there on the couch like for 10 minutes just going, I just I don't think I can go back into the arms of Samsung. Like I've, I've had the, the pure Google experience for like only two weeks and, and I'm hooked again. So I'm still using the Pixel. Do you think you're going to keep it, Russell? Yes. Yes, I do. And I tell you what, if the Pixel 2 removes the headphone jack and they don't give me something absolutely yes. amazing in return, I'm like, yeah. stick yes. with the Pixel 1. You, you can forget yes. it. Like, I'm not buying your phone. You don't want a squeezable body? Go squeeze <laughs> like a mayo container what a or trade-off. mustard, I guess. You, you, there's no way to plug in your headphones, but you can squeeze it. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's, that's, I'm reserving judgment, but yeah, I'm, yeah. It's, it's not a, it's a lack of a headphone jack isn't a deal breaker for me, but Phone A has a headphone jack. Phone B does not have a headphone jack. I am looking skeptically at phone B. I'm looking for that feature that says I really must have this feature, even if it means being totally screwed on an Amtrak train and three hours outside of my destination. That's that's a big ask. Um, but uh, speaking of but speaking of, uh, that's not the only really big deal. There was. Uh, uh, there's a curious worth mentioning maybe for laughter there the nexus mm-hmm. 6 not the nexus 6p because mm-hmm. I, I did a double take when i saw my god a gold box deal at amazon today today's wednesday at, uh, you can't get it when you by the time you listen to this 230 wow i'll definitely buy it just as a backup that'd be no the nexus 6 it's not the nexus no it is the nexus it's the 6, motorola nothing. one it's the motorola those, one the, yeah. the huge pop tart that yeah uh, that hey, hey, hey goes, i love that phone i it, love that phone and yes, it was a Pop-Tart, but it was a delicious Pop-Tart filled with s'mores filling. So that's my point on the Nexus 6. <laughs> now, for, for our international listeners, I believe a Pop-Tart is some kind of pastry-filled thing. No, it's, it's a pastry-encrusted yes. thing filled with something that you put in a toaster. 
I think you guys call them slot toasters. I'm going to do all the translations here. And a yeah, s'more yeah, yeah. is a marshmallow or is that the biscuit thing? A uh, marshmallow, graham cracker, and a melted Hershey's uh, block, like a little. And Hershey's block, that's some kind of chocolate thing, is it? It's like, well, the Hershey's chocolate bar, they have like little blocks that you could break off or little, rec- little. Okay, I've eaten treats from the rest of the world. So this is what passes for chocolate in America. Oh, not even going there. It's too controversial for me, Kelly. I actually do. I actually really do <laughs> enjoy a Hershey's with almonds, like after a really long day, like just biting into one after putting it in the fridge for a little bit. So it's nice and cool to the bite. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is my go-to. Also, unfortunately, now you've got me thinking, what if we got like a chocolate Pop-Tart and do, did a s'more out of Pop-Tarts instead of graham crackers? <gasps> because... <gasps> And now we have to end. The t- now we have to end recording because I can still get to the grocery store in the next Good night, thirty everybody. minutes. But uh, but yes, yeah, so that's two hundred thirty bucks. The 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 downside <laughs> of that, of course, is that I think that that's just at uh, Google's end of life chart, where they promise that they're going to support phones for X number of years and uh, for system updates, then security updates for X number of years beyond that. And you're not. It's I think that you're at pretty much end of the promised life for the Nexus Six. Also, for two hundred thirty bucks. Uh, you can also get uh, Motorola is having a sale uh, on Amazon, the Moto G5 Plus, uh, which is kind of my favorite. I don't want to spend a lot of money on a phone, but I want to get a good phone value. Uh, it's nor- The 32 gig model is normally $229. You can get it or $240. Uh, and it's on an Amazon deal for $179. And that's, the mo- that's even the model without the the lock screen that has the ads on it. And if you want to spend a little bit more money, you can get more storage and stuff like, stuff like that. But that also has, that's also the model that has a SD card uh, expansion. So you can drop a 128 gig, 256 gig card in there and have all your media there. Real uh, Motorola's strengths continue to be just, I, I, I've, I'm almost ready to review the, <laughs> the, the, the new Moto, uh, the $800, the $700, formerly $800, now $700 one after they saw the reaction to the price one. And it really does remind me that, my God, they do 300 buck phones so well. They do 400 buck phones <laughs> so well and so compelling. It's when you want to, when Ooh, they try ask Flo for Samsung prices. Moto E? Oh, sorry. The, and this is the, the E4, E4 Plus, yep. uh, just because Andy was talking, you know, Motorola making great phone. I, I called this one in because um, I want to, I want to, this one apparently works with Verizon here in the United States. So I want to pop my SIM in and I actually want to see what it's like just to live with this for like a little while because I'm very curious. I haven't been on, you know, a sort of affordable phone in quite a while. Is that, is, is that the one we talked about last week that has the two day battery life? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, five thousand milliamp battery. Uh, Dang, t- dual camera. Oh no, 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 sorry, single or camera, but it is splash proof. Which I forgot. Which, jump, which one of the unlimited categories is that in your car with that battery? <laughs> <laughs> so it's unlimited, uh, unlimited possibilities, Russell. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> mm. I, I don't even. This is a nice it doesn't really matter. You. you can just pick one. It one. really doesn't matter. <laughs> So yeah, Mo- Motorola really does bring the awesome. Also, the other the other cool thing is that they are the closest. If you really want pure Android, you have to have a Pixel phone, or you have to have a, or, or you have to have a, a an old Nexus phone. But a motor a Moto phone is going to be damn close. They will only they'll add they'll add a few tricks to it, but not anything. Not by replacing what's there, they'll only look for the gaps in what 
Google has put together. It's like, we can add something. We can add some uh, awareness and situational features that makes it aware of when it's when it's in a car, when it's doing these other things. We can add some like motion gestures for switching between the front and the back cameras, but we're not going to make this look like a Motorola phone. We're going to make this look like an Android phone. So yeah, that's that's why when I when people do ask me, it's like, do you want something that's as well made as an as as satisfying in the hand as an iPhone and as up to date in its components as an iPhone, then I will say, yeah, look at a Samsung, look at a Pixel. If you're saying you just want something modern and spiffy and good, and you would like the ability to, if you were to be attacked by a wombat, and the only way to chase away the wombat, say, here, wombat, I'm going to throw my smartphone at you. And the wombat grabs your phone and runs away with it. Say, boy, I, that's the second time I've done that this year. I can only do that one more time before this is going to cost me more than I paid for my my last iPhone because you're buying nice $300 Motorola phones, I will say, Motorola. Andy, as an Australian expert, I'd have to say wombats are going to need at least three or four Motorola phones. You're not going to get rid of a wombat with one phone. That's just it's not... It's not gonna happen. I don't. I don't even know. A. I don't even know what wombats are. <gasps> uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I will look it up later. Don't worry. I will look it up. I promise. Let me let uh, me tell you something. You're you're you should be glad you don't know what a wombat is because <laughs> you had a wombat running with a wombat. You're never gonna forget it. They're they're wily. They're cagey. That's the thing with the wombat is a cagey and vengeful creature. Vengeful, jeez. Uh, hey, do you guys know, by the way, have you heard from, speaking of Motorola and speaking of Google, have you guys heard of uh, Rick Osterlo, what he's been up to in the product side? Because I have not heard or seen that man's name uttered in quite a while um, on the internet. Maybe he's the one behind all the unlimited marketing. Is that I was just, now? I was just, well, no, he, well, he's at Google now for product, right? Yeah. Anyway, so he's, he's, I haven't heard of yeah, he's like the he's like the the phone the Motorola phone guy yeah. only now for Google. So okay, I mean, can't I, I'm I'm trying to figure out whether that's a fun position or not a fun position because you've he's already uh, it's all it's always a team effort. It's not like he was single handedly responsible for turning things around at Motorola. They they gone from they during his tenure they had gone from making some very boring like market driven phones that you buy because yeah. you just dropped your phone in a toilet at a dance club and you don't want it back, but you need to get a new one and you don't really care what it looks like or how well it works. Yep. It'll be functional, but not exciting to even old timers like me saying, wow, that's a really, wow, that's a fresh idea. I had not considered, wow, that's a really nice little touch they did to that. And yeah, so it's, yeah, we'll, we'll hope for, we're hope for you. If, if Rick wants to come and explain himself and Rick, you don't need to explain yourself. <laughs> But, you know, no, if I you... just want to know where he is, what he's up to, what is he doing, well, how I'm, is I'm his sure, life? I'm... <laughs> I saw a story about a wombat encounter. <laughs> you think that was Rick? It could have been. It could have been. I don't In know. Yeah. the Silicon Valley. It was po- that was probably. My theory is that th- this Unlimited campaign started years ago and Rick was like, we can't, we can't put that in marketing. It doesn't mean anything. And now that he's gone, that's, that's why Motorola's running with it. That's where I was going. Um <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, we, we have some important things to discuss. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease it to the other side of the ad break because we have our first sponsor. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter the offer code MATERIAL at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, you can make your next move with Squarespace. to let you easily create a website for your next idea. 
Um, you can register a unique domain. You get the award-winning templates. You get so much more. You, maybe you want to create like an online store. You want a portfolio. You want a blog. Uh, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Uh, there's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades. They'll, they'll handle all of that for you. Um, they have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And like I said, they'll let you quickly and easily grab whatever unique domain name you're, you're out there and you want. Uh, and you get those award-winning templates that you can design your site with. So Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. You can start today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. Uh, when you decide to sign up, like I said, offer code material. I'm hoping you can spell that to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for this show. And we want to thank Squarespace so much for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Mm. So, yeah, so obviously we're here to talk about the Google Google's ideological echo chamber subhead, how biased clouds are thinking about diversity and inclusion. Uh, the notorious memo about, and here's an editorial comment, uh, that appears to be about how dames, they ain't good engineers, are they? Am I right, guys? Am I right? Which seems to be, I, I did read, my punishment, my, my, I did wind up making sure I downloaded not the Gizmodo uh, version of it. Gizmodo reproduced it in full. They did reformat it a little bit and they removed a couple of illustrations. Uh, the New York Times posted the actual PDF. And so but I, I told myself that if I, if I sit down and read all 6,000 plus words of this and take notes and do it a couple of times, I'm entitled to be just as... <laughs> <laughs> to, to make make fun of it because it is you really have to what I, what I really wanted to put through though is that you really do have to read all of it to understand why it has gotten all of the negative attention it has if you have only heard someone summarize it you might think well gosh isn't it isn't it uh, ironic that he made a comment about how google has an echo chamber that doesn't want to hear from certain types of people and now here's a person who said something unpopular and now he's been fired for it and no, if that was if he were just simply saying something that was, I'm speaking for myself. If he were saying something that were simply ignorant, but he can be taught, or if he were made some simple broad points that are unpopular, but can maybe be defended, and maybe he didn't think that this was going to be a worldwide news story. He was just on a plane back home from someplace. I could have a little more sympathy for him. Uh, so I, I decided to uh, pull – here's an excerpt that I, that I pulled out of uh, – it's about like 4,000, 3,000, 4,000 words into this uh, under the section uh, why we're blind. I'm going to read it. This is all verbatim. We all have biases and use motivated reasoning to dismiss ideas that run counter to our internal values, just as some on the right, capitalized right, deny science that runs counter to the, quote, God, greater sign humans, God, God is above humans, humans are above uh, environment, hierarchy, e.g. evolution and climate change. The left tends to deny science concerning biological differences between people, e.g. IQ8 and sex differences. Thankfully, climate sciences, scientists and evolutionary biologists generally aren't on the right. Unfor unfortunately, the overwhelming majority of humanities and social sciences lean left, about 95%, which creates enormous confirmation bias, changes what's being studied, and maintains myths like social constructionism and the gender wage gap. Now, at this point in my notes, I've got lots of stuff in boldface, so you know it's time to strap in. Again, I'm not deleting anything. This is the next paragraph. Google's left-leaning makes us blind to this bias and uncritical of its results, which we're using to justify highly politicized programs 
programs. In addition to the left's affinity for those it thinks as weak, humans are generally biased towards protecting females. As mentioned before, this likely evolved because males are biologically disposable and because women are generally more cooperative and agreeable than men. We have extensive government and Google programs, fields of study, and legal and social norms to protect women, but when a man complains about a gender issue <laughs> affecting men, he's labeled as misogynist and a whiner. Nearly every difference between men and women is interpreted as a form of women's oppression. As with many things in life, gender differences are often a case of, quote, grass being greener on the other side, unquote. Unfortunately, taxpayer and Google money is being spent to water only one side of the lawn. So that's if if I were if I were the first pe person on this panel to speak about this, and it turns out that I am because I spoke before anybody else. That is the Typical thing man, that I Andy. want to I would want to start off with because uh, again, I <clears throat> I'm, I will I will say that uh, I I am not without empathy for any other living creature. So when I hear about somebody as really being pilloried everywhere for something, and when I haven't read the the, the whole. 6,000 words yet, and I'm thinking, how many nerds do I know that can say, gosh, look at that dog shivering at the end at the end of the parking lot. We should put a blanket around it and make sure it's fed and returns to its owner and would say that and then say, it kind of reminds me about how welfare works. I'm like, no, Josh, stop. Don't, don't go after – don't, no. You, you made a good point about the wet dog, but you have to – so the point that I really want to make here is that – if I really think this is a horrible, horrible memo that he sent, it's because I read the whole thing. The whole tone of it is this sort of pseudo-scientific women be different than men, and that's why girls don't make good engineers, and it's wrong to – I'm not going to – there are other quotes that I'm pulled, I've pulled. I'm not going to say, but that's why – Many people, myself included, are kind of going on about this. And now I happily leave the yield the floor to whoever wants to take the mic next. <laughs> Flo, what, what, as, 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 <laughs> Flo, why don't you go ahead? Because <laughs> um, after, after all, after all that bloviating, I've got a liter of water that I need to drink because I've gone a little bit dry. I, first of all, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't read the entire thing. I pretty much went and picked through parts of it at Gizmodo. And part of that is because I, quite frankly, don't understand why I need to read this stuff. It's super <laughs> hurtful and really hard to read through. And I know that it is my duty as a journalist to be informed about this and to inform other people of it. And I have been trying to do my duty as a journalist by trying to circulate at least, you know, I don't have like a, a blog platform where I can really post a very lengthy uh, diatribe on this. but And right now I'm just sort of, I don't know, now I feel like I'm getting too internal. Um, <laughs> before we did the show today, I had to sit down to myself and say, Flo, do not like come on to material and get emotional about this. It's very difficult for me to discuss this without getting emotional. That is the honest truth. But the reason is because I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm really tired of this. It's it's really tiring, and um, I need somebody to take over so I can ding, ding, ding. continue another. I will jump in. Another, there you go. I Thank will you. jump in and agree with you. Um, my <laughs> primary reaction to this is not anger, and I've had a number of people um, 
ask me about this, what I think of it, how I feel about it, you know, like needing to have this conversation like with a real life woman, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I don't Let, Let's like, bring I don't one of those in. Do we, have, do we have a contact who can... <laughs> like, do we have one? She has yeah. a house. Correct. Um, yeah, real life woman. So mostly I'm sad. Um, and I'm, I'm sad a bunch of ways. I'm sad for people like Flo and I, uh, who probably this is neither the first nor the last conversation we've had to have about this. Um, I am sad for, I am sad for women who worked with this guy who, who may or may not like, I'm also a little bit relieved. This is kind of the thing that like nobody ever expects me to say is like, like in life, I'm sort of happy because now this guy has totally labeled himself and I know use small words when I deal with this person treat him differently know that whatever i tell him is really not gonna matter and i could make jetpack every third word and he's not gonna listen to me because he's already not listening to me and whatever i tell him is automatically gonna be whatever percentage less valid because it comes out of me as opposed to coming out of russell or andy and so i'm glad like i would feel like what a load off my mind because then it goes back to sadness because there are many people like him out there who are not as clearly labeled, whom I have worked with, whom I have interacted with in some sort of professional capacity and had no end of aggravation, frustration, many other sorts of Asians that are really, that that make it hard. And they make, like, if you already are doing something that is a hard job, and I I am under the impression that engineering is a hard job. This is big brain stuff. I know people who are developers. I know people who are engineers of various capacities, front end people, back end people, server people, hardware people, software people. And it is big brain stuff. And the way those people look at the world, whether they're male or female or another, something in between, I don't care. You have a particular way of looking at the world and what you bring to it is different than what anybody else brings to it. And I am always better off having had any kind of conversation with those people. And it always makes me really, I always feel smarter having spoken to somebody who is an engineer as part of their job. This is a hard job. It's not an easy thing to do. And if this is what you're doing for 40 hours a week, congratulations. Most people in real life are doing this 50 or 60 or more hours a week. And then on top of that, you are putting this, this, weighted backpack on this person and making them try to continue up this hill and so now it's like 20 percent harder for that person to get up the hill than it was before and it's just the frustrating grind of having to work with people who are like him and lots of people are like him who will not admit that they're not like him because they don't all not everybody always realizes that that's what they're doing and not everybody realizes that that's the stance they have or that this is a behavior that they're engaging in is this particular sort of, well, if Kelly said it, it's it's not that big a deal. But Andy heard Kelly say it. Andy thinks Kelly's onto something. Andy repeats it. And now everybody in the room thinks Andy's a genius for repeating me. So this is a thing that happens constantly. I see it all the time. Um, I'm, you know, like I feel lucky to be because for for people who don't necessarily know me on material, I'm an Apple person. I do Mac and iOS stuff. I've written for Apple websites. I do Apple podcasting. Um, 
by and large, that's sort of my native land. So I've gotten way less of this in the world that I have moved in with developers I've spoken with and, and engineers that I talk to and different people like that. So I don't see, I don't see as much of this as I know there is in the world. Like if I had tons of friends who worked at Intel, I probably would see a very different experience because there's loads of engineers there, lots of it's male. And I know that this happens and it, it and I'm not saying like people at Intel are terrible, like people at Tektronix, there's, there's always people who have these sort of unconscious biases who are maybe doing this and don't realize it. And that's, like I said, that's one of the things about this guy that I think is actually sort of a relief is like, if you worked with him, like, Anybody who worked with him, whether they were male or female, anybody that was on his team or if he managed people, people that were that were on the team that he managed, all of those people who have had interactions with this guy while he was at Google are probably examining them now and going, you know, that makes a lot more sense. Whether it was that meeting or that email or that interaction I had with him in the cafeteria, I get it now. It makes a lot more sense why he was being the way that he was being. And... For me, like, that's frustrating. And and being that person is, like, being a person who has had to deal with that sort of interaction in various ways is hard. And it just makes a hard job even harder. And I don't, I feel like there should be a better way to do this. And part of that is, is admitting that it's Google's imperative. If Google decided that this guy broke a rule and they wanted to fire him, that's not a free speech issue, which is the thing that I keep nope. hearing. And I've been and hearing California for the last And California is an at-will employer and it can fire you for anything it wants to. Um, right. As long as it's not, you know, for discrimination. <laughs> right. And they did not fire him for being a guy. They didn't fire him for being male. They didn't fire yeah, yeah, him for yeah. any of that. Yeah, um, I think one thing that I sort of want to bring up. So, by the way, Kelly, I really appreciate you <laughs> taking over for me. Um, this is a, this is a really it's a really hot button topic because it is like for me personally, it's it's just a it's a big part of my life. Like it's I I, I live it every single day. Like I step outside of my car and I I get sexually harassed and like yeah. I am harassed online and uh, I have been people have been sending me links the last couple of days like readers and viewers of the of the the things I do online just sending me links like validating this pseudoscience all of this stuff that was sort of relayed yeah. in this uh in all of this so it's it's just like it's coming at me and I'm just trying to keep it cool here. And one thing that I'm just sort of thinking about is I'm noticing that there's a lot of like hot takes uh, circulating around the Internet, as will happen after a very big thing like this. A lot of people are talking about um, Google's fight with Google's uh it's how the company is striving to be this sort of beacon of diversity in Silicon Valley. And I definitely like, it's definitely something that permeates throughout here in the Bay area and through Google's product. And, uh, it's also very hard to think about that considering all the other stuff that's going on with Google with regards uh, to diversity. For instance, uh, the fact that they are in trouble for <laughs> wage yeah. disparity. Um, but but there's also a whole other side to this. It's just that, that this philosophy has been emboldened in society through current events that have been going on. And that's the thing that actually 
scared me the most because I've already been like fighting with sexism. Like I've already been in these trenches, but this was just like another thing that weighed really heavily on me. It's just that, you know, when the start of the year, I was, I had to really get myself out of a rut and say, okay, like what I do for a living, I write about tech. This is kind of still a safe space in, in this sort of, in this sort of manner that I, I wanted it to be in my little bubble. And um, my bubble doesn't exist anymore. My bubble has been infiltrated by everything else that's going on. And that is so disheartening because now not only am I fighting stuff on the outside of the bubble, but now I have to deal with all this stuff inside of my bubble. I just want to enjoy my stuff, people. <laughs> Why do you have to do this to me? Bubbles are supposed to be light and airy and fun and something that children and filled are with smartphones. I just want to play with. Just let me play with right. my phone. Bubble boy, Jerry. My phone doesn't boy. care if I'm women or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, every, like everything has been that way, and I'm totally with you on that 100. percent Like, it's it's since January, it's just gotten like everything has this extra layer of it. And the thing that has been interesting that I've seen come up a lot um, online in some of these discussions, which has been really interesting to me to note, is that uh, initially computer science as a general, as a, as a way general field, as a giant, giant bucket, started out as being primarily female staffed and female driven and female advanced. And the reason for that is because the software piece was considered women's work, with air quotes around that for those who can't, <laughs> who can't see me right now that I'm air quoting <laughs> women's work, because hardware is where guys wanted to be. That was the part that was like manlier somehow. And it has only been like literally in my lifetime that women started to get pushed out and started to turn the tech landscape into what it is now. And, you know, there's a reason that I... You know, and, and part of that, like bringing that even just back to balance and not so much like primarily female driven is part of what App Camp does, which I think is part of why Andy thought yeah, I would be a good person App to talk Camp to today. Girls. So and and part of that is not that we're turning out computer scientists every summer. Like we don't expect every single one of these people to go on and graduate you know, with a computer science degree, but maybe see all the other types of things that you can do that are a job that are considered development, considered technology, com considered computer science or engineering. I have to say, by the way, that uh, I am not the most technical person in the world. Uh, I Look, I didn't enjoy math, <laughs> all right? And I think part of that was also just because of like the school that I went to just didn't have very good programs or whatever. But that said, I spent a lot of my free time playing around with building my own website. Like that's mm -hmm. what I did in uh, junior high and high school is I had a little personal website. I had little fan pages. I would put like my poetry up on the internet and I just kind of hung out on the internet and on my computer and all these things really helped me like hone these other skills later on. And when I, you know, started, when I started this career, like I already knew all the tech stuff that they were teaching, you know, kind of like the old mm -hmm. school journalists. I'm like, yeah, I already know HTML and stuff. So it's just all these things, like it, it's just a part of being a rounded, well-rounded person, and you yeah. know, and it's a privilege to be that well-rounded person, but that's what it's kind of a part of. It's not a special like niche for you. You're not like a special person because you can code a website. <laughs> right. And it's, but you are awesome if you can. <laughs> right.
right and there are people who are suited to it and they're and they're suited for various reasons and you know like it's just the whole thing to me is sort of it was interesting to hear that evolution illustrated as clearly as I, as I heard it illustrated. Um, this is what it looked like at this time. And here are like employment statistics that back up that it was like 75% women, you know, back in the day. And when that started to change and what the number looked like when it started to change and how that ended up looking, which is what most of us know today. And, and, like I said, part of what App Camp for Girls wants to do is just expose some of that. And, you know, it makes it really hard to be a person who walks into App Camp every day and is excited about what we're doing and excited about what sort of stuff we want them to contribute when, when I know in the back of my mind that this is the world that I'm sending them into. And it sort of feels like, you know, we're going to teach you how to make all these amazing things you can eat for yourself. And then when we're done, we're going to send you into the lion's den. Yikes. Have fun. <laughs> you know, like, and it's, it's, like on the one hand, I'm super excited because App Camp is amazing and spending the week with with all of the developers that we have and the ideas they come up with and what their pitches look like and just getting to interact with them and watch them be excited about how they did something and then they put it on the iPod and now it shows up on the iPod just exactly how they built it and how unbelievably exciting that is the first time you and ever empowering. make that work. It is for so reals. empowering like to be able right. to achieve that sort of thing and just you know, it, it's empowering to, to be able to do stuff it's yes. for everyone, for everybody. <laughs> and so we even, give even, them this I, opportunity. I could say even, even a white kid like me, and I was, I was pretty empowered to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like we give them this opportunity and they're so excited about it. And then they start to realize like there's a whole job in making something easy to use. There's a whole job in what happens if I turn it sideways or try to go back a question when I'm not supposed to. And I try to push a button that I'm not supposed to push. And that's a whole job. Like how does it break? And what can I do that regular people might do in order to break everything ahead of time so that we have an option for what happens when you do that, things like that. And, you know, teaching them about QA, teaching them about documentation, teaching them about user experience and what design looks like and, you know, what a good icon is versus a really crappy icon for an app and things like that. And then to know that at the end of it, like, this is the world that this is the environment. This is the, the field. This is the world that they're going to end up in. Like, that's really sad. And so I'm glad that this didn't happen like a month ago when I was up to my eyeballs in camp. But... Um, <laughs> Because I, it just would have been worse. I would have just come home every night and just like sat at at, at the bar in my basement, just drinking heavily. Um, but like that's part of what's really frustrating to me is like you know we also have to sort of give them this armor of like you know because they have trouble with it now. One of our very first years, one of our very first campers, uh, after she came to came to App Camp, had an app released it in this you know, and we released them in the store. We gather up all the apps. And we release them in the iTunes store at the end of the year we, so that you can try all of the apps that everybody built over the summer. And one of the girls uh, joined the computer club at her school. And when she walked into the computer club, they wanted to know if she was in the right place. Are you sure yeah. this is where you really want to be? I knew that's where you were about to go. <laughs> yep. and, Ouch. But she turned around <laughs> and she looked at the, the kid who said this to her. And she said, I have a, an app that's published in the iTunes app store. What do you have? I'm pretty sure I'm in the right place. And it shut him down immediately. 
And like, I'm glad that we we had that for her. She now, uh, this summer ran the second year, the second summer of a cybersecurity camp, oh teaching people about security concepts. And like, she got super into security and I'm just like so <laughs> impressed. She's like one of my, one of my favorite sort of success stories. Like she went on to build a camp of her own to do this. And, you know, and, and it, it sort of bums me out that this is what she's going to end up getting into. You know, all of them, like as our first year of camp starts to uh, graduate from high school and go to college and start looking at what, what they want to do with the rest of their lives. Like it, it makes me sad that this is the kind of technology headlines that they have to read and that are going to ultimately influence their decisions on whether or not to bother. Cause I mean, honestly, I've had moments where I'm like, maybe I just need to go answer phones for a bank or something and just stop doing this thing that I'm doing. You or and I need to go get a, a drink widget, sometime. You know? Cause like, <laughs> yeah. Cause like we haven't even gotten into the part where I have pointed out basic things like this on Twitter and gotten threats. So like, we're not even that we're not even into the part where I've had to spend a significant amount of time yeah. in the last week reporting people. So for all the good, it's going to do me, which is a topic for another day. And like it's just it's hard and it just it grinds and it grinds and it grinds and it it starts to sand off the parts that are shiny and happy about what I do and the stuff that, and the enjoyment that I get out of it and it just gets wearying and and I absolutely understand why people are like you know after you spend a certain amount of time in tech you got to get out that's like I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like yeah I absolutely see what it is you're seeing I, I just want to put a, can I just put one quick little bookmark <laughs> to highlight the, the that's such a beautiful and depressing phrase you use, Kelly. That sanding off everything that is shiny and happy yeah. about the experience that just got me a little bit. That got to me a little tiny bit. Yeah, that that is everything. Same. I mean, that, that's what that that that's what the industry does to a great number of people who are not like me. Yeah, I'm sorry. and it's it's sorry. such a sad thing because the IT industry is such a wonderful place in terms of just the technology side of it, the, the stuff that's happening, the the things that are being done, the the potential for things that can be done in the future. It's it's I hate to use a matter all the time. It's unlimited, but it it is sad <laughs> that our, our industry. And I don't want, I don't want to focus on any other industry. I know other industries have problems. I'm not interested in that today. The tech industry just has this particular dark side that it's it's had for a while. And my my real concern here is that. It's not diminishing. Like companies are trying to fix this. It's it's a public issue, but it, it it's not something you can fix in a day. And it doesn't even seem like we've kind of got through to the the younger generation yet. I say younger. I'm like in my late thirties or whatever. I see these people sort of coming up through their twenties, and I'm on a lot of the forums that they're on. And I'm like, some of these opinions I see, I'm like, mm, I just wish I could sit down with you for for a bit. I just want to address some of the issues that I've seen because these really upset me. One yeah, wait, is this is what we were talking about through Twitter, right? The, yeah, exactly. Some of the links. Yeah. yeah. So one, this isn't a science paper. <laughs> this isn't submitted for peer review. It's not in, in some journal or whatever. It's an, a memo, a 10-page memo a, a guy wrote and sent to his co-workers. He sent it to his co-workers as a memo. It's not, not up for peer review. We, I mean, I Broad, read the entire thing. Yeah. Exactly. I read yeah. the entire thing. I, I even watched his first YouTube video um, sort of interview afterwards. So I don't know why. I just I have a fascination with this stuff. And I don't think we necessarily need to respond to any of these points. Like people are like, oh, what about this point? What about? I'm like, it's it's not a science paper. He, he wrote it. Into, he wrote a memo. He sent it to his coworkers. Yeah. And as an employer, you know, I've, I've been employing people for like seven or eight years now in this industry. I can tell you that when you sign up for employment, 
you sign a contract, you have to abide by the, the terms of your contract, you have um, certain sort of behavioural issues that, that you have to abide by, you have certain contractual things, you have certain performance things. Um, I can tell you if one of my co-workers sent something like this, I'd, I'd fire them instantly. Well, as an employer, that's not even a question. That's not even up for debate as, oh, should have been fired or shouldn't. No, he should have been fired. He violated the terms of his employment and he got fired. doesn't matter if you agree with him, if you don't agree with him, it makes no difference whatsoever. The second you violate the terms of your employment, your employer can fire you. That's how the world works. And I don't, like Andy said, I don't think this proves any sort of point whatsoever that the fact that he got fired for having an unpopular opinion he didn't have an unpopular opinion he violated the terms of his employment like it's it's that simple you can debate that the words that he said like all you want you can take different paragraphs you can be like oh but he linked to this it makes zero difference in terms of from an employer point of view absolutely and he apparently he's going to take it to court or something I'm like good luck you know you good luck spending thousands of dollars on the way because you're just going to lose again like you, you violated the terms of your employment like full stop like there's there's no question there whatsoever my biggest question was what is the work time like what is his day-to-day responsibility slash workload situation where he had the bandwidth to write a 10-page memo about anything <laughs> I don't even like, have time to write 10 pages on what I write about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, ev- like I get ten pages into Nano Rimo, you know, and I'm like a failure. And you're like, and that takes like, I did it, yeah, and that takes like half the month. I mean, like most of the time, it's you know, I was just like, that was my first question was like, when when did he have time to do this? And then you know, send it out as part of work, and like, if nothing else, maybe he maybe he got fired for spending work time on a 10 page memo about anything, regardless of what it was, you know, like it could have been that simple. Oh, look, as, as an employer, even if he spent personal time on it, it makes no difference or whatever. The, the second you send it to coworkers on a, on a work sort of platform and you're like, here's my, yep. you put your name against it. I mean, like, man, that's, yeah, that's, that's just a fireable offense, like full stop. Yeah, I, I suppose everyone who gets uh, who gets hired by Google or Apple or another huge company, they dream of getting the personal attention of the CEO, uh, <laughs> and that the CEO will choose, single them out for special attention that will affect their careers and their movement through the through the company. Uh, Sundar Pichai uh, posted something to uh, to Google as a note to the employees. He actually was on vacation. He cut his vacation short to come back to the mothership to have an all staff meeting and and talk about this and so that's here what a is president would do right this is yeah, what's oh god that's not the free <laughs> sorry. Non-American sorry. Go i just i just wanted to uh he 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 there, there are two google employees that of the stuff that i've read over the past three days made really good clear statements this is the best statement i've heard from a male employee of Google and because of the CEO that has certain amount of impressiveness. Uh, I'm quoting here, the memo has clearly impacted our co-workers, some of whom are hurting and feel judged based on their gender. Our co-workers shouldn't have to worry that each time they open their mouths to speak in a meeting, they have to prove that they are not, like the memo states, being, quote, agreeable, unquote, rather than, quote, assertive, unquote, showing a, quote, lower stress tolerance, quote, or being, quote, neurotic, unquote. So he's being very, very clear that He's not just wimping out by saying, well, we, he, was, he technically abused a Google communication resource that's supposed to be business. He's saying, no, this guy decided to be a duck. And we just wanted to fire his butt. And we, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they talked to lawyers. I'm sure they said that you can't, if you fire him for being a duck, he can sue you saying that being a duck was, being not a duck mm-hmm. is not a condition of his employment. And I'm sure that there was a small discussion at which they, I think we got enough money to fight this lawsuit. 
I, I as again speaking as a dude, not a woman, with uh, with a lack that lack of perspective, I have to say that I do like the idea of the CEO in that way, saying we got your back. We're not. We wanted to be really clear about who we support in this. We don't support the guy who told our our 20% of our tech employees who are women that you are here because of some sort of social engineering program not because you were you beat a whole bunch of yeah. people including a whole bunch of men based on your technical skills and your technical power prowess and everything that makes you a valuable employee and that's by the way why I made that president comment is because I felt that that was just a very that was I, I thought that was a good move Quite it was on, it was <laughs> good optics. Like it, it underlined yeah, exactly that that this was something of value. That this was something that he needed to be spending his time mm -hmm. on. That he does mm -hmm. that he does believe that. And the thing that I sort of wondered about is what the environment was like at Google. That this guy, I presume, he did not expect any sort of blowback on this. Mm. And really, that's really that's really optimistic. Because I just see a lot of people calling him martyrs in like Hacker News and stuff. And so it's making me think otherwise. Sorry to be cynical. Well, but no, <laughs> that makes sense. But like, okay, so I don't know that he, he expected to be fired for it. I don't know. But he felt That's like... That's fair, yeah. He felt like it was an environment where doing this would, would not be... I guess career ending. Um, I mean, his yeah. career at Google obviously has ended. Um, whether he continues on in computer science in any way, I I do not know. Um, and he may not at this point. Like, you know, this is all kind of recent. So, like, what was the environment like in the building where he worked, on the floor where he worked, in the area where he worked, that he thought, like, I'm going to send this out and it's not going to be a problem? Because, yeah. like, this is more than unpopular opinion. An unpopular opinion is, I like the clam chowder in the cafeteria on Friday. Like, that's that an unpopular very opinion. Very unpopular opinion. You know? <laughs> Extremely like, unpopular. In fact, we're going to have to no, words about that later. clam silly. chowder in a cafeteria. You don't know where it came from. <laughs> right. That's such, a, that, that's such a good point because I, as, I, I live, I've lived near or around the Boston area all my life. And so I am a witness to white <laughs> guys who... When there are non-white people in the room, they, boy, equality, both justice, and I'm glad that something's being done. And then when they're, when you're at a bar and you notice that there aren't any non-white people, the conversation changes, the same tables, the same people. You speak that way when you feel as though you're inside a place where it is safe to speak that way. So mm -hmm. although I'm not willing to completely, again, we all know engineers who are absolutely clueless. Uh, on things other than what this person is obviously so clueless about, including science. But uh, I, he would, I don't believe that he would have said that in such a public forum unless he felt that this is a, this is a place where it's okay to say things as blatant as the stuff that we have quoted him saying. No mm -hmm. coded language. No, you know what I'm talking about here. People who agree with me, literally saying that you are not. If you are a woman, you are not as good an engineer, and you are here for reasons that have nothing. You are not here for the same reasons that I am here. Right. So there's got to be that has to be an indicator of some sort of a problem with a culture, at least in that channel that he used. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a big topic. Think, it's exhausting. It, it is, and uh, and if I was nervous laughing a lot, I apologize. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's 
it's really a lot to, you know, have to deal with. It is. I, I have one potential last thing to say about this is that um, in this industry, I, I literally have no time for men that come along and be like, oh, you know, we're unpopular, we're not allowed to express our opinions and men are always shouted down and we're discriminated against and look at these hiring policies, you know. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like do you have any self-awareness about like how our industry works, like how, how, how easy it is to get by as a man, how, how when you turn up for a performance review you don't have to worry about the person on the other side, you're like, are they treating me differently because I'm a man? Like what, what exactly should I be wearing to this performance review? Like is, it, is a suit okay? Oh, should I button up my shirt? Like I don't really know. Like as a guy, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. When you, when you go off to like a, a company retreat or you go off to like a conference, you don't have to worry that the people that you're talking to, you know, might sexually harass you or whatever. You're like, I'm a dude. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Like you, you've got it easy. And whenever I see like this, these men's rights groups or whatever like on the internet, I'm like, You've just got to be freaking kidding me. Like I have no time for you like whatsoever. Like I, there's an amazing post which we'll link to um, uh, in the show notes from this, a woman who explains it. Like if you're one of these people, one of these guys, you just have to grow up. Like it, it is time to grow up. Like it is, that, that time is over. Like I, I know the, the guy that wrote this memo, he, was, he just graduated college. I think you guys call it college like, you know, three years or four years ago. Like he got into the Google internship program. Like it's just missing so much life experience that I hope – I hope one day, you know, ten years from now, he's sitting there and he's like, "Man, I'm such a dick. Like, I should have, I should have thought about all this stuff." <laughs> like, I hope that's the case. I, I, I don't know if that's even going to happen. Like, I, who knows? Like, one of his first interviews, straight off the bat, was like with one of these YouTube Red Pill, I think the kids call them channels. And I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like, that's if this is the way you're going to publicly represent yourself. Like, after this happens, like, it's clear what your agenda was all along. Like, I have no time for you whatsoever. Like, if that's if this is your one chance to redeem yourself, you're like, I'm going to go on a public platform and tell everyone what I feel and then you go to this kind of YouTube channel, I'm like, forget it. Like you've lost all credibility for me. So I think the best way to close out this segment would just be uh, by reading Susan Wojcicki's uh, YouTube CEO, Susan Wojcicki. She weighed in on Forbes.com. Uh, she There's this piece summarizing the problem with the memo and uh, it's just got this really great lead kind of, it's, it's, it's a beginning, but it's a great way to sort of end this really awesome discussion. Thanks, everybody, by the way. Um, she writes, yesterday, after reading the news, my daughter asked me a question. Mom, is it true that there are biological reasons why there are fewer women in tech and leadership? That question, whether it's been asked outright, whispered quietly, or simply lingered in the back of someone's mind, has weighed heavily on me throughout my career in technology. Though I've been lucky to work at a company where I've received a lot of support from leaders like Larry Page, Sergey Brin, Eric Schmidt, and Jonathan Rosenberg to mentors like Bill Campbell, my experience in the tech industry has shown me just how pervasive that question is. Yeah. Yep. It's they, uh, with the link to the whole thing will be in the show notes, uh, and I really recommend that you read the whole thing. It's not. It's see that that's the difference between a high intellect and not a high intellect, she can absolutely bring her point home in one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs by making sure she cuts right to the emotional yeah. core of the problem. She didn't need 6,000 words to do that. Uh, I think that we need a little bit of a palate cleanser after yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Perhaps some... Perhaps some, a bit of uh, commerce will help to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I can, I can help you out there. We can find out about Bart's special people just uh, after after this ad break. Um, we have a, a brand new sponsor, Symbolicons Pro. 
Um, this episode of Material uh, Podcast is brought to you by, the, by them and it's a new versatile icon set. Um, it's a huge set of over 2,000 icons that are perfect for designers and developers. Every icon comes in both a solid and a line style and is organised into easily searchable categories. Uh, Jory Raphael, the creator of Symbolicons Pro, has been he's been making icons for years and you see them in used by companies like Instagram, Dribbble, um, Authentic, Jobs, Gumroad and more. Um, the icons in this pack are perfect for your next app, your next website, your next project, and they're delivered in multiple formats. You know, you get to choose the format that's right for your project. Um, they're built on a 24-pixel grid. Uh, they even work great as friendly alternative icons to the stock material ones that, that Google gives out for free as well. So the Symbolicons Pro Kickstarter campaign is already over 200% funded at this point, but you can still go and back it right now. Um, if you do, you'll get the icons at a huge discount. Uh, there are all sorts of reward levels to to choose from. You can even get T-shirts and, and other funky stuff like that. Um, the campaign runs until this Friday, 22nd of August, so you've still got some time to, to go back it. Um, so, yeah, don't delay. You can go back it now at symbolicons.com slash Kickstarter. And we want to thank Symbolicons Pro for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Yes, thanks so much. Well, I, I, I did find a good palate cleanser. Uh, now, there's a, new, there's a new story that it's technically news, it's technically important, uh, but you're going to find out why I chose this story to close with. Uh, <laughs> you've heard about Essential, the phone startup by uh, Andy Rubin, uh, who is one of the founders of the original Android company that made the company that made Android. Uh, that's a new high-ish end phone, a little bit more expensive than a Moto, a little bit less expensive than a Samsung Galaxy. Uh, but they f- attracted $300 million in new funding. This was just announced this week. Uh, but the intriguing part is that uh, one of the big adventures is Amazon's own Alexa fund. And we know that they have some experience in selling and marketing a phone. It was not a dramatic zing, success, zing. we might say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so but, but they though. do have... It was dramatic. It was again. It's <laughs> that's right. One, what we've the, some of the some of the two most dramatic PR successes in marketing a phone. One was Samsung with a phone that caught on fire. Uh, Amazon's with a phone called the Fire Phone that was people just wanted to throw into a fire because it was so bad. They probably wish uh, that phone caught that, fire. They're like, we would have got so much coverage <laughs> oh if that happened. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You guys are so but, harsh. <laughs> but oh, did, 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 did you use the Fire Phone? It was. I did it, not. No, I didn't. I didn't, but <laughs> it, it was it was a trip, man. It was a trip. I've seen some of it, and I think they're being diplomatic. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was it was it was it was a scene, but it, it would be interesting that the the essential phone. It's 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 interesting on at least one level, uh, possibly because they acknowledge that they're not going to be able to make, let alone sell, a huge volume of phones uh, every quarter like established brands. So they're like, well, if we can only ship maybe a million or maybe even 500,000, does that mean that we can use materials and processes that you can't get in quantity? So maybe we can make a special phone that way. Uh, let's, let's see if it works. I think this was the announcement last time I was on because I remember talking to you guys about this phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, how, been, like, it's been a while. And how and they're like, of... we're not mass market. We're going to, like, these are, like, we're going to launch this I, phone in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's like, pretend like I we have think... a choice in how many of these we produce. Well, <laughs> this sounds like... like something they would be making in Portland because it sounds very small batch, <laughs> free range, artisan, you know, like has, that's. Has a... Built-in beard hair filter. I wish it came with biscotti. <laughs> I would love for this phone to come with biscotti. Then it would make waiting for this that, like, that would be actually delicious. worth it. I love the biscotti. <laughs> um, seriously, though, I find it funny that people mock this phone as well for the little camera cutout at the top. And what's rumored to be on the next iPhone? Giant camera cutout. Yep. So, haha. So, yeah, everybody that that laughed. There's Ruben. also the 
the sharp aquos two or whatever oh, yes, yes, that yes. was shown off this week that has that same little indent. So apparently that's the new hot trend. That's <laughs> I really the new don't like it, but apparently it is. Yeah, that's, <laughs> as, a, as an observer of and participant in tech journalism, consistently the most hysterically funny thing is when a, a new Android phone comes out with something that is a little different or a little odd and watching all of like the most fervent Apple bloggers saying, <laughs> look at that camera bumping out. Oh my God. That, Apple see, would never do that's anything what, They like don't that. get, they don't that's get so the idea terrible. of painting the other side of the fence because <laughs> it's craftsmanship. And then when like <laughs> Apple does it a year or two later, it's like, isn't it? It's just like Apple because there's, they're not willing to sacrifice <laughs> form for a great, the best camera in the industry. They embrace the camera bump. I'm like, what do you think the Android people do? They're exactly the same thing. And same thing with big phones. Samsung made big phones and Apple people are like, oh, big phone. Oh, it's a big phone. It's the biggest, comically big. And suddenly iPhones are big and everybody loves it. They and now they're ginormous. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And in record the numbers. And hilarious, like, oh. The thing that's so funny to me about that is that like when the original iPhone came out, remember like most people had a flip phone, a flip phone or like a Blackberry. Like Blackberry was the phone if you didn't have a flip. And I remember the iPhone came out and people went, good Lord. Who would carry a phone that size? It's so big. <laughs> Apple's clearly going to fail. That thing is so, like, so, and, like, on and on and on. People went, nobody's going to buy this. Nobody's going to buy this. Nobody's going to buy this. Especially at $600. Nobody's going to buy this. And look where we are now. And that's, like, always what's in the back the of my mind. $200 too much. By the way, and I have that, that first-gen iPhone. It is, I wish i pray that we would get back to that size it please yes. look how cute and compact it is right yeah yeah it's the so, it's uh, andy's showing well. it off on our little skype video chat like, and it is nice no, no, look not he can only, hide it behind his palm <laughs> not only does it actually fit in my hand but it fits in the pocket of my pants exactly you what, why so would you want to store your phone there who pockets? carries their phone with them 24 7 nobody yeah that's nobody. a whole other that's a whole other podcast about being a woman in technology. That's a story for another day because pockets on pants are I'll tell you what, sorry. Yeah. Phones are getting that big that they're starting not even to fit in men's pants. Like I'm, I'm starting to have trouble with this as well. I, True. I'm wondering I'm not going to say I know how you, you feel, but I'm starting to appreciate a little bit of how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, Flo, Flo, I don't know if Flo is the same. as I, I practically have now a calendar like set up because we we both pre, we both bought that kickstarter jelly phone the one that is just super super teeny tiny like the size of a hostess twinkie not the old kind that was kind of big but the new kind where it's like really dinky and stuff like that Ooh. and so there's the latest update on the kickstarter is that we are actually now actually shipping them not like not shipping from the factory to the assembler but from to people and unfortunately, because I think they're, I don't know if English is their first language. It's very, very good, but they don't understand that, sirs or madams, the, the way you phrase the sentence, I don't know if you mean that on August 7, you're going to be taking my phone and putting my address on it and mailing to me, or whether on August 7, you're going to be handing it to, you're going to be shipping it to the company that's going to be shipping it on your behalf to me. And I still, I know you said August, you got plenty of time. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that I'm really so excited about getting my jelly phone now that it really hurts when I, when I misread <laughs> your last thing that made me think that it was going to be July 20th and it wasn't July 20th and it wasn't your fault. 
I'm trying. I'm just went over to him. Like, did I get? Did I get any activity for my jelly phone? Are they sending me my jelly phone? I really want my jelly phone. Oh, Kelly, you have no idea. The last few weeks have been unbearable with these two and their jelly phones. <laughs> I ordered the I jelly phone. I want to wear phone, my phone, phone around my neck. I want to wear my phone around my neck. Russell, you oh, think it's unbearable? It you think it's unbearable now? Wait until we get it. And you Wait don't have they it. Show and up. That's, yeah. And that's going to be the entire show that week. <laughs> Just, okay, oh. so Andy, <laughs> estimated ship date begins from August 7. Since backers, yeah. and then they talk from around 120 countries, different regions. So I'm assuming that means they're shipping everything uh, August 7 to us. And they're saying that depending where you live in the world is when you will see it. So if you live in Russia, it's going to take a, t- a while to get there because... If you live in Australia, good luck ever getting this thing. Maybe August 2018. <laughs> To be fair, there's a lot of ocean between so much ocean. you and the rest of the world. So thankfully, there's a lot sometimes of water for things to drown in. I don't want to get political in. on you, but I'm just su- I'm just super hopeful. <laughs> but but to, to, to end the show, to, to end the show on, on the highest note possible. This is this is it, it, important news about uh, about essential. I, it was the pull quote in <laughs> attached to this, but which I assume was a press release. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Nic- Niccolo De Masi, the co-president of Essential, said in the Wall Street Journal, and I'm quoting, I want to stress that if you're going to take this as a soundbite and, and attribute these this word, I'm made up word I'm going to say to me, it's Niccolo. Niccolo did it. I'm just simply repeating what he said. Quote, in the Western world, there needs to there there is a need for there to be a new love mark. Mr. De Masi said, <laughs> Quote, a brand where there is an emotive connection for consumers. So yes, he, the word love, Mark. So this man feels with his words. I love it wow. so much. He is a Latin lover for sure. That's oh, how we I'm, should be talking about phones too, honestly. Because think about it. We fondle them all day. We've got our hands on them all day. They go into your pockets. I don't want to continue this conversation. It's all I, I, real, I, all realized that, I realized that I, I'm a generation older than a lot of people in this conversation, but when I, when I was a kid, we used to call a love mark a hickey. I don't know if it's... Oh, really? They still do in Australia. Yeah. yeah. It's still a word. We just call That's, him a hickey. Yeah. Here you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My not generation. for the world here. I never got anyone else down. Now, now I'm just going to read everything about this phone in Ricardo Montalban's voice in my head. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to wait for the press release about the case made of rich Corinthian leather. That's what's going to happen here. And you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a special, like a, a drop-proof, shatter-proof, moisture-proof case. But if you like answer the phone by like trying to hold it between your shoulder and your cheek, it's got, there's going to be like a red mark like left on it that you're going to have to like get rid of somehow before homeroom. Put that's, a spoon that's, in the freezer. lucky the last night? Mark. No, it was my phone. <laughs> I was on hold. Left a love mark. Oh, right. Like, like there's a phone, a, like any phone is as small as that. Come up with a new one, why don't you? <laughs> not, only did, not only did she come to home room with the hickey, she was lying about it and lying about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder if the kids still give themselves hickeys with the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> kids, write us in and let us know. Are you still using the vacuum cleaner to give yourself a hickey and tell everybody you got lucky? Write us. <laughs> well, well, so, <laughs> Clearly, Flo looks forward so, to your letters. So, so Gus, so Gus, yeah, qu- quite a hickey you got there. Like, what, what's the name of the girlfriend at summer camp you talked about that, that gave it to you? Uh, Ernestine. Oh, and she has a last name, Ernestine Rumba. She's Venezuelan. 
That's why you, you can't see her because she went back to Venezuela. <laughs> I prefer Margarita de Son. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, we Clapping. better. We better. Just, that was beautiful. <laughs> Bravo! That was beautiful. Okay, we get. We we give show MVP awarded to to Russell. He went with the best with- vacuum cleaner too. He went with the best bang for your buck right there. It's British. That's how you know it's superior. It's made of aluminium. You know, oh, no, it's colonized. <laughs> it's the proper amount of suction. That's why. That's why. It's that's the, the key. The cyclonic action. You see, you don't get that in America. You don't have cyclones, do? No. We do, but they go the other way. Exactly. Wrong way for a vacuum cleaner. Never going to suck things up if it's going the wrong way. I have acquired and discarded many girlfriends. One of them could provide the proper amount of suction on my neck. <laughs> okay, now we definitely better. We better. This is good. Better, yeah, this is I, good. I think, no, I, it's I think we're, perfect I think we're done, dear, because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very sorry. Uh, before we go, uh, thanks to our sponsors. Also, a reminder that you can become a member of Material. If you, if you, want, to, if you want to validate and encourage more of what we did here today, uh, just go to www.relay.fm slash material. You can throw some money our way. You'll get act. You'll a, uh, give us the pleasure of having more discretionary income to spend on things that we might or might not talk about on the show and, or pay our phone bill and our rent. Uh, and we also have a special episode coming up. That's only available for show members. You can also email us at materialpodcast at gmail.com about this and any other issue, but it's time to say goodbye flow. What's awesome in your life and how can people access it this week? What is awesome in my life? Uh, I did a really awesome show of all about Android last night. It was just me and Jason Riffin. So go check that out on uh, YouTube and Twit. And uh, I got some articles publishing at PCWorld.com. And I still got Yay. my call at Android Central. And just, just find me just find me on Twitter. I know that flow. <laughs> and I promise I'll be better at promoting my own work. That is actually my goal for the rest of the summer. I need to be better at promoting my own work. Darn it. Yeah, you're better at branding than I am. I stupidly chose to make my brand my last name, which even I took 22 years of my life before I could learn how <laughs> to. To be fair, my last properly. name is Ion, so I okay. I lucked out out of the birth canal. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will I will say the first time the first time I saw your byline, I'm like, okay, I mean that's a little bit 90s as a pen name, but okay, I mean she's smart and she writes well. I don't care. It's on my birth certificate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Russell, plug away what you got going on that you want the material audience to know about again. Uh, I got nothing, Andy. I got nothing. I do think about oxidizing metal things that hold books. So if you want to go to Rusty Shelf on Twitter, you can. (laughs) Out. Kelly, come on! Thank you so much for coming up and joining us. Uh, If hope you hope you don't regret it at this point. The last ten or fifteen minutes was (laughs) all my fault. That's why I'm here. It was the bit at the end. Absolutely. Uh, what's the What's the big spotlight on this week for you, Kelly? Uh, well, I'm going to say App Camp for Girls because that's always what it is. Uh, App Camp Number Four Girls dot com. You can go there. Uh, we have swag now. You can buy uh, T-shirts and things. 
and uh, some of them, like we have stuff available if you want to have like buttons and things. Um, and we're always looking for, we've wrapped up camp for this year. So we're looking for uh, new places to be, new people to help us be there and uh, ways that we can continue to expand our program and truly make a dent in the technology world. So uh, you can help us out there. You can find me personally on Twitter as Verso. Um, you will probably find me talking a lot about Atomic Blonde because that's my favoriteest thing right now. In was it good? All the land. Should I go see it? Oh, yes. Oh, it was so good. Um, okay. Yeah. Like for people who can't see, I'm like flapping my arms around and, and everything. <laughs> I'm super, super excited about it. Um, I will give you the footnote to that. Uh, Atomic Blonde is based on a graphic novel called The Coldest City. And The Coldest City is by Anthony Johnston. And he has a podcast called Unjustly Maligned where people oh, talk about stuff yeah. they love or stuff that was overlooked, you know, that isn't getting the attention that they feel that it should. And I got to do an episode of that with him. Um, and I did it about a, a Tim Robbins John Cusack movie called Tapeheads, which is a favorite of mine. So um, you can go listen to me talk to the guy from Atomic, the guy that wrote Atomic Blonde um, on a podcast oh, together. So cool. there's some comic, some comic book cred for Kelly. Um, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter as Verso. And uh, I'm also not the greatest at promoting my own stuff, but I do appear on a fair number of podcasts. And uh, I tend to advertise them over there. I'm usually on Mac Observer Daily Observations on Wednesdays. And I do the after show with Mike Rose. That's our own podcast. And I have a Westworld rewatch happening on the Incomparable Network that you can uh, check out. We did the initial run of the show, Don Melton and I. And uh, now we're going through, like, now that we know, uh, we're watching it again and recording those episodes. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, super. And once again, if you can spell my last name, you're probably related to me or you've written this <laughs> following the following phonomes down. I H N is in Nancy, A T is in Tom K O. Uh, I am Anatko on Twitter. I'm Anatko on Instagram. My blog is at Anatko.com and the silly stuff about tech I write for pay is at the Chicago Sun-Times site at suntimes.com. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to material episode 111 this time. Hope you listen to us next time. Until then, everybody have a great week.